0: to talk to you again and welcome to cryptic chronicles a podcast that's a refuge for open-minded free thinkers where we explore all the mysteries of existence without a need to accept or deny them but seek new ways to think and experience all the wonders and cryptic aspects of the universe the paranormal higher knowledge esoterica as well as legends and lore across a vast amount of cryptic topics love myths, and whatnot, but also we cover spirituality, philosophy, psychology, and even the darker nature of humanity shunned by mainstream awareness, be it the UFO phenomenon, serial killers, subconscious, or even lighter topics like meditation and enlightenment. You and I, dear listener, will explore all the weird stuff. We're going to look deeper into reality and existence and not accept things at face value. Today on the show I'm gonna talk about David Wilcock and his coverage of a very fascinating subject, if you're uh if you're into like UFO and alien stuff, and that's the Secret Space Program. Or programs I mean, because there's many of them apparently. In any case, I'm going to cover an overview of Wilcock's work, as well as the topic in general, and we can wonder together, what would the world be like if technology suppression was so absolute? That mainstream civilization is basically nothing but a sham to keep the masses of humanity in line. Pretty out there, but hey, that's the secret space program. So strap in because it's time to get weird. I'm your host, Tim Hacker, and you are listening to Cryptic Chronicles. I've been aware of the secret space program conspiracy for some time. Many, many years ago, I initially got introduced to it through Graham Hancock. Though I don't mean to say that Graham Hancock himself is the one who introduced it to me. More so, he left me uh, breadcrumbs to discover it on my own. And in my research, I eventually discovered my other favorite cock, David Wilcock. Graham Hancock, not to be confused with David because I appreciate him much more, Oh and I mean Graham, I appreciate much, much more. David's cool too, but I feel like he's in a different category than Graham. In any case, Graham Hancock is a British writer and journalist, and I'm sure that a lot of you have heard of him before. He's well known for theories involving ancient civilizations, earth changes, stone monuments or megaliths, altered states of consciousness, ancient myths, and astronomical or astrological data from the past expect a lot more Graham Hancock stuff down the line as the podcast continues. But today we're going to talk about David Wilcock and his secret space program. It all revolves around suppressed secret technology and a bunch of stuff going on behind the scenes that mainstream culture is completely unaware of. And though it has a pretty big base of people who are fascinated by it and research it and whatnot, David Wilcock is easily the most famous flag waver of the conspiracy. And just a disclaimer, while I do find UFO phenomenon conspiracies to be fascinating, I also understand that the majority of tales are total bullshit, and the secret space programs are one of those conspiracy theories that I kind of raise an eyebrow at while researching, but despite that, it's extremely fascinating, and I really enjoy it. I find it intriguing and eat up all the stories that surround it, but at the same time, I do keep a healthy detachment concerning its contents, And I just kind of let my imagination flow with the ideas without judgment. Alright, so let's get this started. Um, if you're into aliens and UFO stuff, you have most probably heard of MUFON and David Wilcock and other such larger-than-life personalities that champion ET lore as factual. Which always made me wonder why they'd go public in various forms of media. It seems disadvantageous in effectiveness to further their cause and trying to break down why they would be so public about all this stuff, uh, well, there's a lot of money behind it, that's why. There is a substantial following to the secret space program community, and anything that has that kind of cash generating from it kinda calls into question the merit of people like Wilcock, at least to me. However, Wilcock is a fascinating guy, and I am not calling him out or trying to discredit him or attack his integrity in any way. It's just that I don't understand his motives and my instincts make me question a lot of what he says concerning history, the mainstream media, and secret societies. But that's okay. What's that old saying by our favorite ancient Greek philosopher? It is the sign of a great mind to ponder an idea without accepting it or denying it. Or at least he said something like that. I did not look it up. I just said that off the top of my head. Anyway, it's uh, fine to enjoy something while not embracing it, is my point. It's really just the nature of independent thought and all-around open-mindedness. Profound spiritual teachings like the Buddha say that we must look at things with a new mind, free from unconscious thinking, with our consciousness existing solely in the now and vacant of egoic polarities. You gotta have the mind of a child and look at things in a fresh way, in a new way. And in a lot of ways, it's the key to seeing things objectively. Why would we ever let something as limiting as belief get in the way of wonder? But let's start with something factual and deeply, I guess, unnerving about the secret space programs. You see, to any common person, they wonder, or they just, in their minds, how could there possibly be a secret space program? It would cost an insane amount of resources and quickly require billions and billions of dollars to keep up with. So it's a logical thing to ponder where would this funding even come from? It's impossible, right? Well, here's the unnerving factual part about all this. Back in 2011, on September 10th, Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld addressed the American people about a particularly disturbing incident. He told the press on Live TV that the Department of Defense had $2.3 trillion that could not be accounted for within the department's expenditures. And the very next day, the Pentagon's budget analyst office got destroyed in the 9-11 attacks, and the cash was never mentioned again in mainstream media. That's $2.3 trillion of taxpayer money just gone. Many think that there was a communications breakdown with the conspirators, and that Rumsfeld wasn't supposed to say anything about the missing money on live TV. The Secretary of Defense never mentioned the cash ever again, and after that single press release, it remains a mystery to this day. And do you have any idea just how much money $2.3 trillion is? Seriously, that is insane that that amount of money could just be lost and nobody cared. George Lucas sold Star Wars to Disney for four billion, right? Well, one trillion is a thousand billion, or equivalently, a million million. It is a one with twelve zeros after it. That kind of money could easily fund a secret space program or other such clandestine operations a hundred times over. I am not going to get into 9/11 conspiracies, though. However, it is a little bit too convenient to have evidence of $2.3 trillion in stolen taxpayer money go up in flames the day after its discovery. How could the only proof of the biggest heist in history get vaporized in an unexpected terrorist attack? Where the hell is the paper trail and copies of documents and files? It's like, are you serious? Where are the shared computer files? The Pentagon didn't use those? We live in the 21st century, the information age. Even back in 2001, people were backing up all kinds of stuff online or on multiple file disks, especially the government. Come on. If they didn't, they're the most incompetent government in the world. This was not... This didn't happen that long ago. So it's just baffling. And I find a lot of it hard to believe, at least the mainstream stuff. It's just too convenient. And why would there be? I mean, these they're just... It doesn't make sense unless they're the most obviously incompetent idiots who ever lived. And all the evidence was destroyed the day after that it was made public to the American people. So there was zero time to investigate. After the attack, the country was traumatized and the lost cash was forgotten about. And according to David Wilcock and the other secret space program conspiracy theorists, this money was the funding for the secret space program. Well, the continued funding, because it's actually been around for a while. And that money, and that is easily more than enough to do whatever crazy, whatever crazy secret space stuff with crazy secret tech anyone could ever want to do, I guess. But though America is one of the current main players of the secret space program, allegedly the secret space program was actually created by the Nazis and the U.S. just took over where they left off after their unconditional surrender at the end of World War II. And I know what you're thinking, and... Yep. Space Nazis. It's true that the American government took a lot of the uh, German scientists after the war, but all of this secret technology was suppressed from public view, according to secret space program lore. With all of this technology being basically discreet for ages. The Nazis, they were far more advanced than the mainstream narrative says. Allegedly even having bases on the moon and many underground compounds scattered across the globe. Government agencies now control all of these leftovers, all dedicated to the program. So there you go, that's the origins of the secret space program. What re-peaked my interest on this subject was that on June 11th, One of David Wilcox's informers by the name of Pete Peterson died of an accidental injection that people don't really think was that accidental at all. David Wilcox also released a YouTube movie called Secret Space Programs Declassified in 2020, which actually did pretty decent, but Pete was just one of Wilcox's insiders to die unexpectedly. The following is a quote from Wilcox about the insider deaths. Pete was the best of the best in terms of insiders, and also very much like a second father to me. His loss was very hard for me to take, particularly after discovering that it was due to an accidental injection. Pete's death happened to occur on the exact same day that another high-level insider of mine was found face down dead in his apartment. Woody died immediately after signing off on a world-changing deal for a complete overhaul of the financial system. Ross Perot, another would-be insider and supporter of ours, just died two days before Pete on July 9th, the same day Woody helped to ensure the new financial deal was signed. Perot was a key mega-financer of the alliance, and thus again, the timing of his death does not appear to be at all an accident. So, whether credible or not, there is some shady stuff going on surrounding the people spreading the notion of a secret space program. And it cascades down to harassment, even, of those even slightly associated with the believers. The abuse includes open threats, stalking, harassment, both online and off, and you name it. People are dicks to them. And really, what's even the threat of a group of people interested in aliens and spaceships in a secret government program. Because if they weren't a threat, then there wouldn't be anything done to them. The conspiracy originates with uh, knowledge of the secret space program being secretly given out by whistleblowers, people who were former intelligence operatives and astronauts and things of that nature. And there's even, which is I find this very fascinating. There's even people who are whistleblowers that claim to have been in contact directly with aliens, which I know sounds pretty fishy. And honestly, in my research, I did find very little evidence to back up people who claim to be insiders as legitimate. And Wilcock kind of messes up when referring to history when he articulates his message on the secret space program. But then again, if people were truly like insiders, there would be very little documentation of them being secret insiders, or, I don't know, I can't think of how to explain it. Take it with a grain of salt. But these secret informer operatives people are the ones who have been whistleblowing all this information about the secret tech that the governments around the world have, specifically the U.S. government in our case. And I've seen Wilcox stuff and read a lot of his stuff, and unless I'm missing something, he gets stuff about history wrong... Like he once said in a documentary, that the documents from the Library of Alexandria was taken to the Vatican, while all else was burned to ashes. Oh, and if you don't know what the Library of Alexandria is, it was basically the home of all knowledge of the classical world, and was extremely advanced for its time. When it burnt down, the tragedy was profoundly soul-crushing to the wise. Humanity's history, well, more accurate history, I should say, and uh, the accumulated knowledge of the ancient world was wiped out, leaving a clean slate hazy with myth. There are many theories on what caused the immolation of the Library of Alexandria. I personally believe that it was Julius Caesar who burnt it. However, these Alexandrian documents got transported to the Vatican, Wilcox says. And if this is true, then the people who transported them were time travelers. There's like a 500 year gap in there or something. The Vatican's history as the seat of the Catholic church didn't begin until the construction of the Basilica, which I believe was around 4th century CE and it was built over St. Peter's grave in Rome. But then a little bit later, the Basilica was abandoned for hundreds and hundreds of years and then reestablished again later. I mean, for a long time, the capital of the Catholic Church was actually in France. (laughs) I can't remember, but I think the Catholic Church changed its HQ back in... God, I really should have looked this up before recording. The Vatican as a city wasn't even established until 1929, which historically is super recent. But the time between the burning of the Library of Alexandria and even the Catholic Church becoming, like, a serious power is, like, I think, like, 400, 500 years. And, no, I'm, I'm getting really lost in the woods here. My point was just that a lot of the history stuff that he says doesn't add up unless I'm missing something. I mean, if you would have said that they were taken from the Library of Alexandria and hidden for a long time and then later taken to the Vatican— That would make a lot more sense, but he doesn't say that. (laughs) But then again, who am I kidding? History is a narrative, not a fact. What's that old saying by the French philosopher Voltaire? History is the lie agreed upon. So there's a lot that we don't know about and history is written by the victors and throughout all of history, there has been knowledge suppression. So uh, a lot of the background stuff of the Secret Space Program and David Wilcock is extremely fascinating, there are some holes in his logic and his facts. But also interesting enough, the whole thing goes back pretty far. Like it's not a really recent conspiracy that people have talked about or been talking about. I mean, it's uh, it's been around a long time. And after a quick break, we'll go into the lore behind the Secret Space Programme. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Cryptic Chronicles.
1: Welcome to the Chamber of Mysteries. I am Anubis, the Egyptian god of death and guide through the underworld. Recently, the goddess Ma'at pointed out to me that the scales of justice have not been in balance. This is not good, and can bring chaos to the multiverse, but you, dear mortal, may help in averting this cosmic disaster by supporting Cryptic Chronicles. In doing so, you will gain ad-free episodes of the podcast, as well as bonus content, only for patrons. In spreading free thinking, and higher knowledge, the forces of darkness are kept at bay. Simply subscribe to The Chronicler's Vault at crypticchronicles.com, and by pledging a single dollar a month, you can help keep Apophis in the void, and Ra's Sky Chariot soaring proudly through the universe. Also subscribe to the cryptic chronicles youtube channel share talk
0: anubis don't forget to tell them about itunes and spreading the show
1: oh right thank you ma'at please mortal help broaden the scope of listeners for the podcast by leaving a good review on itunes and share every episode or any Cryptic Chronicles content as much as you can. In doing so, we can increase the audience and fans for the show, spreading it across all the consciousness of humanity. Help fight the darkness by supporting Cryptic Chronicles, and assist the Goddess of the Scales and I, Anubis, God of Death, in bringing balance to the planes of existence. The astral currents must be calmed, and the opposites must be reconciled. As above, so below. Farewell, mortal.
2: Dear listener, have you ever had a paranormal experience? A spiritual or esoteric experience? Have you ever seen a UFO or something that you could not explain? Have you ever witnessed anomalous activity that defies reality? Have you ever experienced unexplained mysteries of existence? If you have your own cryptic tale and would like to have it shared on the podcast, then call 1-800-757-6049 and leave a message of your experience. If it's what Cryptic Chronicles is all about, then it will be shared on the show. Just make sure you thought about what you will say ahead of time, and give a clear and concise account. Also make sure to leave your name, where you're from, or any information that will assist in making a clear picture to portray to listeners of Cryptic Chronicles. Once again, call 1-800-757-6049. That's 1-800-757-6049. We look forward to hearing from you.
0: So the lore behind the secret space program started from the granddaddy of the UFO phenomenon all the way back in June 24th, 1947. In Washington State near Mount Rainier, pilot Kenneth Arnold was looking for a missing person after a plane crash and a UFO surprised him. Or a couple I mean. During his flight he saw a group of flying saucers going faster than any plane he'd ever seen and arnold shared what he saw in interviews and papers and whatnot his account is responsible for spawning the entire flying saucer maxim and america ate up the ufo tale in media across the country quickly becoming obsessed with it in pop culture and then of course there's roswell and all the other og ufo sightings but this is the account that basically started it all So the secret space program believers think that aliens do come to Earth and stuff, and they also believe America, like I've already stated, has highly advanced spacefaring capabilities hidden from the general population. To those in the know, some UFO sightings were actually the military experimenting with reverse-engineered alien technology they'd gained from the Nazis. There is allegedly a plethora of technological wonders plundered by the U.S. after the Axis fall. The famous Nazi bell comes to mind, as well as uh, blueprints of futuristic aircraft designs, with many appearing as what we would at least call flying saucers. But the biggest prize were the Nazi underground bases and the Nazi moon base. The Nazi moon base had everything required to duplicate the technology and even improve upon it. But what ceases to baffle me is the implication of 1930s Germany secretly having such alien tech. Like, I don't understand how losing in World War II would be possible for them. Nazi gizmos and missiles and, you know, crazy technology from space would be such an insane advantage. I can't imagine any counter the Allies may have had against odds like that, but I'm sure that somebody could explain this to me, or if you ask somebody who's a follower and really into the secret space program stuff, they could tell you, but I couldn't find anything on my own. I mean, if they had a base on the moon, how do you even fight that back then? Anyone listening to this who was in the know, please, enlighten me if you can. But the moon wasn't the stop for the space Nazis, because they also traveled to Mars, according to all this. Like, they could travel the solar system, they could go basically anywhere they wanted, and, you know, went really deep out there into the solar system. However, despite their tech factory on the moon, the Nazis' secret space program's headquarters was located in the Arctic Circle. So many mysteries and supernatural and paranormal stuff revolves around the Arctic Circle. And I've kind of glossed over that stuff in the past, so until I have specific topics for it, we're not gonna go too in-depth into it. And though the idea of space Nazis is very intriguing, the German secret space program goes much deeper than mere Nazis. And oddly, once again, this is mixing with true objective things from history a fraternity within the Nazi party secretly revolved around the influence of the Thule Society, one of two occult secret societies within the party and the heart of everything Nazi. The other mysterious group is called the Vril Society, which was basically an offshoot of the earlier Thule Order members, the ones who started the Thule Order and kind of stuck with its original principles where the rest kind of, the rest of the order kind of got misdirected, and went in a different direction. Originally, the Order were cultists who became hypnotized with the teachings of Madame Blavatsky and her influential Theosophy. We have covered Madame Blavatsky before, and she is awesome. Anyway, the word Vril translates basically to a concept analogous to the Force, like in Star Wars. It's the life force or energy in all living things the word actually originating from Nordic beliefs, ancient, beyond-recorded history. The Vril Society, as well as the Thule Society, engaged in extremely esoteric activities. The Society regularly channeled forces beyond comprehension and collected psychics and mediums from all across Germany to further their secret goals. The Thule Society was just as passionate about their occult practices as their primogenitors, the Vril Society. They also, well, I guess for a while they worked together, but they did eventually start to split. In any case, the the Thule would channel alien forces that gave them confusing promises of power and would make them offers that they couldn't refuse, though with massive cost. Allegedly, both malevolent and benevolent aliens contacted the Thule Society, with the reptilians being the primary alien race communicating with the Thule Society through shadowy activity. The techno-lust of the Nazi leadership was unquenchable, to say the least. And the Reptilians taught the Thule Society manufacturing secrets on reverse-engineering their alien tech. Man, it always comes back to the Reptilians, doesn't it? Reptilians are dicks. But there's also the Greys, though, and whatnot, too, who contacted the Thule Society. It wasn't just Reptilians. The Thule channelers interacted with many alien races of varying moral alignment at least early on before they made their special bond or covenant with the reptilians in their need for glory. The reptilians used the secret society, the Nazis, and Hitler himself to take over. Well, I mean try to take over. Their conquest was soundly vanquished by the Allies, after all. But according to the secret space program lore, this wasn't even the first time that the reptilians tried to take over Earth. Their strategy being proxy wars through human tools with Allegedly, one of them being in the 1700s with Napoleon Bonaparte himself as their champion. But they were actually defeated by the help of a mysterious count who I've talked about before in the Ascended Masters episode called Saint Germain. The Count Saint Germain had a huge role behind the scenes that brought about Napoleon's downfall. It was directly through his actions that sabotaged the reptilian war effort and fractured his vast empire back into a cascade of independent nations. And if you're curious about who St. Germain was and the Ascended Masters, go ahead and uh, check out episode 28. And also, apparently, the reptilians tried to conquer Earth way, way, way before humans were even a thing, and also back when we were in our prime before the alleged fall of Atlantis. So they've been dicking us around for a long time. The Thule society in 1930s Germany was the beginning of a new offensive to conquer Earth their strategy, the same one that they've been using many times through proxy humans. Hitler and the dual society were corrupted in dark occultism and uh, regularly violating the Theosophical Society's teachings to suit their own abominable desires and kind of insane evil beliefs. Hitler only took what he wanted to from Blavatsky's teachings in a deranged kind of confirmation bias way where he would uh, absorb things that went along with his own outlook on Aryans, the human race, whatnot. I'm sure that you've heard it a thousand times before. He just basically took what he wanted from her teachings and turned it into a tool of destruction. The fascists sent out archeologists and historians all over the world to prove that the Nazi's version of history was accurate, I guess, and uh, basically try to prove their own worldview of the human race with what they wanted from theosophy, they were completely obsessed with the idea that they were the master race and they had a glorious past, and an entire history that was just lost. And taking notice of the society's growing madness, the Vril Society broke off from the Thule Society because they were less asshole Nazi-like and mainly wanted to explore human nature. They were much more in line with theosophy's teachings and all about the exploration of consciousness and... The vastness of space in general, Vril members had no interest in delusional racism and death for the sake of, basically, the benefit of a tiny few. They were more about big picture humanity. Vril members wanted to explore the universe and discover the true nature of reality. The Vril Society was led by German occultist Maria Orsic, who was allegedly contacted by benevolent aliens through psychic means while in deep trance. Orsic and the entire Vril Society. ...pretty much vanished without a trace at the end of World War II... ...which led many to think that they left the planet... ...since the Nazis had spacefaring technology. Others just thought that they were killed in the horrors of war without acknowledgement. But according to the secret space program lore... ...the Viral Society is actually out there and still very much alive. Because they weren't concerned with conquests like the Thule Society. The Nazis. They just wanted to explore, investigate, and gather knowledge peacefully they communicated with and hung out with cool aliens while the Thule Society did stuff with the asshole reptilians. And one thing I find interesting about this secret space program lore is that it also coincides with the lore that I've talked about before on the Alien Races episodes, all complete with the reptilian empire originating from the Orion constellation and having other races in their realm, including their creators, the Carrion, who made the reptilian race through genetic engineering from lizard-like beasts on their home planet. It's fascinating just how much lore that there is on the Reptilians and how they kind of got their tentacles and everything. There's all kinds of subspecies of Reptilian and varying degrees of hybridization, along with countless slave races and genetically engineered servants like the Grey Aliens. Though the Draconian Empire, Reptilians, is an AI-controlled civilization. They're ruled by a sentient computer program that manages all aspects of the vast Draconian territory throughout the galaxy. With allegedly many ET factions thinking that the primary goal of the AI is to demolish and conquer all intelligent life in the universe. And like I've already kinda glanced over, the reptilians also instigated humanity's fall from grace around 10,000 years ago. Basically putting a reset on our civilization and a karmic debt. They basically had their hands in human spiritual issues, politics, and all groups like the Nazis throughout human history. When the Nazis fell, America took over all of their advanced reptilian technology, you know, complete with the moon bases and uh, the Arctic base and uh, a whole ton of secret space program-related things. And since then, it's been going pretty, going pretty smoothly for the United States, I guess. Apparently, um, all mainstream space stuff like NASA and whatnot is just a front to confuse and uh, mislead the public. It's all just smoke and mirrors. And used to... I don't know. Basically, they keep us like sheep. We're just a herd to them and we need to be controlled and we're not capable of higher knowledge. So this uh, this secret space program we have looking at the world is very conspiracy theory-based. But despite that seem seeming like, uh, like our government's pretty evil, which a lot of people in government are, not everybody is evil in the secret space program. So don't feel too down because I've been going pretty dark. It's just, uh, you know, not everyone in the government is part of the deep state or whatever you want to call them. Illuminati elite. Basically, the 1%. There's always going to be polarities and dualities in every single organization. So, not all the people behind it are evil. And if you look at the coronavirus panic as an example of the human race's ability to handle things, I don't blame them for thinking that we're not ready. Looking at you, all you toilet paper hoarders, people wearing masks while they're in their car by themselves. Much of humanity is still pretty much unconscious, and they're just ruled by their program subconscious minds. So from the secret space program lore point of view, it's not necessarily a bad thing that the masses of humanity are kept in the dark, because they could be easily manipulated to do anything by people in the know. So according to them, it's it's not really about like freeing and enlightening humanity, because A lot of humanity enjoy their chains and their programming and confirmation bias and will fight against anything that goes against it. And if aliens and crazy technology was put before them as fact and a real thing, (laughs) it very well could lead to a new apocalypse. And despite all the craziness, there's more than a couple things that kind of link the secret space program to real life events that are objectively true such as back in 2001, shortly after 9-11, Gary McKinnon, a genius maverick, hacked into NASA's data computer system and found a bunch of insane things, such as pictures of UFOs, military officers interacting with aliens, and all kinds of reality-destroying illumination and information. Right now, he's out of the country, on the run, and to say he's a wanted man would be a vast understatement, but at least he's alive. The elite don't like it when their narrative gets hijacked and it's kind of tampered with to the public. The hack revealed that a lot is going on at NASA that the public doesn't know about, with the beloved American space program shown to having many skeletons in the closet. And Gary McKinnon leaked all of this hacked information to the public. Well, not to the public, to the internet, because normies will only believe what the TV tells them. And we'll kind of make fun of people who dig a little bit deeper. So those who are out for knowledge and are interested in these kinds of things, things, I mean, it's like all right there for them or was there for them when he leaked all the information and it blew the minds of so many people. But if you look into it, even mainstream astronauts have gotten in trouble too, such as Buzz Aldrin, one of the first men on the moon, and I'm sure you know exactly who I'm talking about. In a C-SPAN interview, he let slip some strange stuff like encountering an L-shaped UFO and an artificially constructed monolith on Mars' moon Phobos. However, there have been many NASA astronauts that have said bizarre stuff like that, and they're usually quickly silenced. Luckily, they can't really hide all of it though, so go check it out! You can look it up on YouTube or Google it, you can see all kinds of weird stuff that astronauts have said that is uh, suppressed in mainstream media. And uh, it turns out that NASA actually has legitimately a decent amount of stuff to hide, with the secrets unable to be fully contained anymore, at least for those who look for it. And directly connected to the secret space program is one of the things that Gary McKinnon found when he hijacked NASA was a black budget program known as Solar Warden. And Solar Warden has been directly linked to the secret space program by whistleblowers like William Tompkins, who actually claims to have helped make the program. David Wilcock loves William Tompkins and he's got a lot to say about the secret space program, but like usual, little evidence to back up his claims. He does seem to know some stuff that is objectively proven in the Gary McKinnon findings of the hackings of NASA, but uh, I don't know. It's still interesting. According to this whistleblower, William Tompkins, allegedly after the Nazis were defeated, the malevolent aliens made a deal with President Eisenhower. This deal consisted of Americans being given really, really advanced technology and pretty much a guarantee of having dominance over all other countries. The only catch was, in exchange, they could have abductees whenever they wanted, and the government wouldn't do anything about it and would actively suppress it. Well, at least the information around it to the, the masses. And to give him credit, that's something that I've heard many times in the UFO phenomenon, basically since I became interested in it like a thousand million years ago. So it's not too far-fetched and uh, goes pretty well with an overarching narrative concerning the UFOs and the government. The deal said that the aliens could hunt humans whenever they wanted for experiments. However, these aliens made a mistake and went too far and revealed just how little they care about human well-being. Hence what eventually down the line led to the Solar Warden Project, a part of the secret space program to not take shit anymore from the malevolent aliens. And since the end of World War II, the secret space program has continued all down American recent history to the point that they were kind of starting to get low on funds for all of their crazy space shenanigans. And that's why the secret government jacked $2.3 trillion of taxpayer money from the Department of Defense. It was all to fund the secret space program. If only someone let Donald Rumsfeld know before he spilled the beans about it to the mainstream media. But since we haven't heard of it since... It is a testament to the media's ability to control the narrative of public affairs in America. And I still can't believe the coincidence that all the evidence was destroyed in the 9-11 attacks. It's highly questionable and seems like an impossible coincidence. But I got nothing to go off of and would only throw my own bias at it. And plus I'm not going to get into 9-11 conspiracy theories right now. But there's just so much shadiness surrounding all of this that is objectively provable as fact that i don't even know what to believe i mean honestly how does the government just lose 2.3 trillion dollars and nobody cares cuz that seems like something that people should care about but this is just one of the this is just one of the many things that kind of get referenced in the secret space program that is unexplainable and Come on, it's so easy to just think of so many conspiracy theories behind that. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I'm going to go on a quick break. I need a break right now and I will be back.
2: Hi there. Thanks for listening to Cryptic Chronicles. The show is sponsored by Blueberry. And if you're interested in starting your own podcast, use our link. We'll even give your podcast a shout out. Go to crypticchroniclespodcast.com and click on the Blueberry link on the homepage. By doing so, you'll be helping the show. Blueberry is optimized for iTunes as well as all podcast hubs. You won't have to worry about expensive contracts or fees. In fact, you won't have to leave your own website. You'll have your own RSS feed and no third-party sites. Try it for a month free by going through Cryptic Chronicles. Also, if you're a fan of Cryptic content, please support the show on Patreon. By giving just $1 a month, you can really assist us in posting more content frequently. You'll also have access to bonus ad free episodes of the show and the Discord channel. To keep up with all Cryptic Chronicles content, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and of course Facebook. Give the Facebook page a like and join the Cryptic Chronicles group. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for supporting the show, thanks but for most of all, Michelle. thanks
0: for listening. Welcome back. You're listening to Cryptic Chronicles. We're talking about the Secret Space Program and David Wilcock. Now, if you watch this stuff over here, if you know what I'm talking about, David Wilcock, he constantly refers to something known as the deep state. Well, he actually refers to them as the cabal, which is actually kind of unique in, the, in that he doesn't refer to them as the Illuminati, like uh, most people probably would. They're going to consist of people who own corporations, you know, uh, political families, the ruling class, um, the one percent. These guys are constantly referenced by him and he's got a point about a lot of it, though it's not really important to remember all of the cabal stuff. I mean, the secret space program gets pretty muddy and there's always good guys and bad guys and everybody's kind of shades of gray depending on where they are in their lives and what's going on in their lives. But the group that he talks about, the cabal, are deep state assholes who do pedophile and sex traffic stuff Um, in a lot of other secret societies they're considered like dark occultists and they don't really call themselves the illuminati maybe just out of a joke or being ironic since illuminati means the illuminated ones the enlightened essentially because they are kind of enlightened over the masses they understand how the subconscious works they understand how to manipulate people through subliminal messaging nlp symbolism or just conditioning in general you can see it Everywhere, if you know what to look for. And the people who leak all this stuff, they are, they are trying to take down this cabal. Which has apparently been ruling us from the shadows since Kennedy was assassinated. Lately, they've been associated with Hollywood and the DNC, but they're on the right, too. There's totally Republicans in the cabal. They really just turn common people against each other and don't really have any political loyalties. They hide behind a shield of false virtue for the most part. And they're the ones hyping all kinds of scary and polarizing topics in the media to distract people from other stuff going on in the world that they don't want anyone to know about or pay attention to. They're the Pizzagate people and all that John Podesta, WikiLeaks, uh, Marina Umbramovich and MKUltra, crazy elite and Hollywood celebrity stuff. Supposedly, a lot of these people have sold their souls to dark forces for fame and fortune. They're basically people that you do not want to mess with and have all the money ever. The cabal have also been allegedly called out recently and, uh, actually a couple times, and they've been facing some sweet, sweet retribution. By that, I mean people have been arrested for fucked up crimes in powerful social positions. Look at Epstein. That dude had an entire island dedicated to sex slavery and a flight like he had a giant airplane that he would have sex workers on that were sex slaves. Dude was a human trafficker that rubbed shoulders with like all the celebrities and politics. It's crazy and it's real and he did definitely didn't kill himself. Anyway, the community, the Alliance, I guess he calls his group, which consists of all the people who believe in the, the secret space program and are on David Wilcox side. They're the Alliance. Uh, these people have been leaking all this stuff trying to take down the cabal and also secret people behind the scenes who are a part of it. Oh, and there's also benevolent aliens in the Alliance. So there has been a lot of these people getting taken down, such as the Hollywood Nexium cult leader, Keith Rainier, who I actually talked about before on the show in the episode of MK Ultra. I also talk about the Monarch program and, you know, the all of this... Uh, MKUltra stuff actually happened, like the government officially apologized for it, and you can go look at the official documents. There's still a lot left out, but this is real stuff that happens. This is real life. And if you're into the show Smallville, guess who was uh, Nexium cult leader Keith Raniere's second in command? Oh, only the Smallville actress, Allison Mack. And this right there, this is some real life stuff that actually happened, and they're both going to prison. And I could go on and on, but this would be off topic because everybody has seen the Epstein didn't kill himself memes. And that's because literally no one believes he committed suicide, as the mainstream media says. The evidence is overwhelming too, like bribed guards and whatnot. And many believe he was either set free and is living like a a double life as somebody else with a new identity. But most people understand that the, uh, the cabal or this type of... These type of people, they don't have compassion, and he was most likely just straight-up murdered. And, uh you know, gotta keep him quiet. Gotta protect everyone in high society that's involved in his evil shit. He was a sex-trafficking kingpin, like uh, the big-time worldwide leader of a sex-trafficking ring across all continents and countries. And if people knew that all these celebrities that they revere were rubbing shoulders with this guy, would they rethink how they... Look at celebrities? Mostly probably not, but the smart people will. Epstein specialized in enslaving underage girls and taking them to his private island as recently as this year, a decade after he was forced to register as a convicted sex offender. And all of these authorities did nothing to stop him because who could stop him? Who could stop any of them when they own the media and their... They, they own the corporations, they, they're all in politics, and like, you can't fight that. Well, the Alliance totally is trying to fight them, apparently, and I don't really want to get too much further into it because it is a very upsetting topic, and a lot of people who are famous are a part of it that have yet to be brought to justice. They've been doing a good job, though, pe- taking out people like, uh, who else is there? Like, uh, famous producers like Harvey Weinstein and his brother Bob Weinstein, who are total rapist assholes that have been traumatizing women of Hollywood for decades, preying on their desire to become a star, like a parasite. In fact, the Me Too movement has brought down over 201 very powerful people that are allegedly part of the cabal. I mean, I could go on and on with names and stories, uh, but my... The point is that the this fight against the Cabal is supposedly assisted by, well, it's conducted by the Alliance, but the Earth Alliance is also assisted by benevolent aliens. And the Alliance is a stern adversary to the Cabal. Sorry, I'm kind of scatterbrained today. I had a lot of stress. But David Wilcock and his secret society, the Alliance, are on the front lines fighting the Cabal, which is, uh... Which, uh, all of the whistleblowers and informants are on his side too. All the insiders talking about all the crazy aliens and secret technology stuff fully support the Alliance, if not being full-blown members of the group openly. Many do have to remain secret, but there are still a lot that are very vocal about it. Which, according to David Wilcock, risks assassination and all kinds of bad stuff by the government. They're the ones responsible for disclosing the secret space programs in the first place. Unlike the Cabal, who are allegedly a cult practicing devil-worshipping, reptilian tools that feed off fear, pain, and the manipulation and misdirection of the common masses. The Alliance, on the other hand, is out to enlighten and help humanity with the aid of benevolent ETs to free us and lead us to ascendance. And as said, the this ascendance thing a couple times now david really likes to talk about ascendants. sounds pretty culty though doesn't it <laughs> but the alliance are wholly benevolent and as far as i have seen um yeah i haven't seen anything bad or read anything bad about them but the alliance they work in the shadows and are solely responsible for many leaks that reveal the cracks in the mainstream narrative of planet earth they've infiltrated everywhere all over the world and politics and, I don't know, basically anything you can think of. But here in the U.S., there is essentially a split down the middle, almost. I mean, um, concerning alliance members and cabal members and our military and our our politics. There's basically almost like a a line between them. Very even numbers, which is unusual. And uh, actually kind of makes me question the validity of those statements because... Is anything really ever so balanced? I mean, do you believe in that much of a coincidence? I don't know. Like, trillions of dollars did go missing, and then nobody blinked an eye, and the evidence was destroyed the next day in a terrorist attack nobody could have known about, but somehow it was in the perfect spot to be destroyed, with the only evidence in existence being there. So weird stuff happens. In any case, this has led to uh, the QAnon conspiracy, which a lot of uh, people who lean politically to the left just despise. And I'm not going to get into politics because Cryptic Chronicles is 100% not about politics. But the Alliance, at least at the moment, seems to kind of rival the cabal in power and influence. So even though I said all kinds of scary stuff about like the, the elite doing sex trafficking and all this messed up stuff, according to the lore behind the secret space program, there's uh, also a, a silver lining and a lot of good going on too. Does all this sound crazy to you? I hope so, because this is just one version of the secret space program lore. There are actually many versions and many different secret space programs, like uh, multiple ones going all going on at once, and I only really covered one from uh, mostly from just one man's point of view and one man's work, David Wilcock. But the secret space program lore is intensely fascinating and deserves a solid spot in the best content the UFO phenomenon has to offer if you're not looking at things that are, like, overtly objective. To me it's almost like putting on ancient aliens where it's just, like, really entertaining and my imagination enjoys thinking about it. But if you're listening to this and you're a true believer, then more power to you. I ain't hating on it. But before I go, I wanna go over what exactly does he mean by ascendance and a couple other things. When he talks about all this ascendant stuff, some people say that David Wolcock is the reincarnation of Edgar Casey, which we talked about we talked about him in a recent episode. So to many people, he's almost like a spiritual guru, but what he means by ascension is basically a unity consciousness. He believes that we are members of a galactic family of sorts. He's all about light workers and repairing DNA. And I know this might make you roll your eyes, especially like the the law of one stuff. Those people are just so challenging to listen to because they just have, it's all just light and love. And it's like, dude, you have such a crazy shadow if that's all you focus on. Gotta have darkness and know your darkness or you'll never be whole. I'm not going to get all union on you right now. This episode is not about psychology. I just don't believe in the, uh, the all love and light stuff and it kind of annoys me a little bit and i don't know it just does i don't like it but the ascendance is like um so these people believe in something called star seeds, which basically means that you're an alien soul from other planets and other alien civilizations that was sent to earth specifically to just help earth and help bring ascendance I'm trying to put it together and I just can't really do it. I do know what I'm talking about, but it's just hard for me to explain ascendance to you from David Wilcock. But I guess it's essentially like a, a worldwide enlightenment and disclosure and like waking up to being a multidimensional being and whatnot, you know, pretty uh new age type of stuff. But that's what he means from ascension. I'm down with the Starseed lore. I've actually spent many, many, many hours researching it just for fun because I find it interesting. But he's like hardcore into it. I got called a Indigo Child by my mom, so I'm kind of like when I was younger, I was used to being singled out, I guess. It's different. And uh, Starseeds are a, kind of like the same, the same ballpark as Indigo Children. And I'm not even going to try and explain that right now. It's kinda woo, but still cool. And according to the secret space program lore, the Alliance are all about Ascension and pushing Ascension and helping Ascension. Whereas the Cabal is all about stopping the Ascension, keeping people dumb, keeping people ignorant, keeping people in states of fear, keeping people out of the loop of what's really going on. So it's a very yin and yang type of situation. Ascension's all about soul growth and waking up I highly suggest looking into more Wilcox stuff. Uh, he's got an interesting story, too, if you just, like, research him. He's the author of many books, such as The Ascension Mysteries, The Synchronicity Key, Physical Geography, Flows, Cycles, Systems, and Change, Reincarnation of Edgar Casey*, The Interdimensional Communication and Global Transformation, as well as, uh, as well as a maker of a lot of documentaries. I mean, he was in a lot of Ancient Aliens episodes, he was in, a or he helped make a lot of these uh serious 2012 startling new secrets packing for mars age of deceit fallen angels and the new world order like this, a he's done a whole bunch of uh documentaries too so totally worth checking out and he says some pretty crazy he says some pretty interesting things about the pandemic going on as you would expect him to do so but if you have fragile senses i would avoid it because it might piss you off somehow I was trying to watch it, but it was going on for like four hours and then I just didn't go back to it. But what I saw was pretty interesting and what you would expect. He says that there's going to be a a blackout of the internet and, uh, well, this isn't necessarily from his coronavirus videos. Uh, This is just what he's saying is coming. Like, there's going to be a total shutdown of the internet so that pretty much you think that we're separated from stuff now all being in quarantine it isn't anything compared to what's going to happen soon but it's not necessarily a bad thing because he's saying that there's a lot of a deep state battle going on with the with the alliance and whatnot and that there's going to be a lot of planned military arrests of deep state figures because if it was done normally they're just too powerful to take down and we don't really want civil war do we but one interesting thing about David Wilcock is that he is the one that introduced me to what the hell the pineal gland is. Before I ran across his work, I had no idea what the fuck the pineal gland was. But I'm, going, I'm getting off track. Secret space program, yeah. So the secret space program is incredibly fascinating and I will be coming back to it and there are different perspectives and there's a lot more lore behind it and it's gonna get even wackier. I hope that's all for this episode. Uh, It's a fascinating subject, the secret space program. And if you love weird stuff, David Wilcock is the man. And if you're in the know and I made any errors, please email me or hit me up because I know I made some errors in there and I just couldn't explain some things correctly. Also, don't forget to call in and tell your own cryptic tales to be recounted on the show. For the people who have already done that and I haven't said their story on the show, it's only because you didn't give me enough details and <sighs> I don't know. Just try and communicate more in a more objective way. I do really want to tell your tales, but you got to be serious about it and have your homework and your thoughts together. I don't just want like a crazy rant that can't be put together really and just sounds nuts. No offense. So just uh, hit me up again. You can still do it. Don't worry If or not if that offends you. In any case, uh, people who are interested, please call and leave a message and uh, tell us your own cryptic tales to be talked about on the show or told on the show. Uh, The number is 1-800-757-6049. The number again is 1-800-757-6049. And that is all for today's episode. You know the drill. Cryptic Chronicles is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and basically all podcast hosts. Just search for us with whatever podcast, app you use, or whatever, and Cryptic Chronicles will be there. Also, just visit the website CrypticChronicles.com to read articles or... or, uh, sub to the Facebook page and you can get them in your feed as well as all my memes. And if you've got a second to spare and want to help grow the show and be a true Cryptic Chronicler, and please give me a good review on iTunes or whatever you use to get the episodes. Subscribe on YouTube, DTube, Daily Motion, and share the videos if you can. Also follow us on social media—you know, Tumblr, Twitter, Reddit, and of course Facebook. Our Facebook page is probably the most active with uh, the highest traffic, and we got a pretty awesome Facebook group. You're welcome to join. And if you enjoy Cryptic Chronicles, a like more than normal please consider supporting us on patreon just go to crypticchronicles.com and click on the chronicler's vault or uh visit our facebook page and i'm pretty sure it's linked on i think it's linked on all the social media but at just a, a buck a month you can unlock the patreon only shows and an ad free version of the show as well as youtube videos and podcast episodes uncensored and early before anybody else you get them with the early bird special And the the Patreon episodes that aren't exclusive to Patreon are just more raw and uncensored. And um, the whole show, I don't really cut it down or or try to uh, censor myself, I guess. And by joining Patreon just a buck a month, you can also join the Discord server where we can hang out and I record shows there with other people. And depending on what pledge you do, you can even come co-host an episode with me if you want, or even choose a topic of an episode or segment so if you wanna be awesome and my best friend forever, then please go check out Patreon. If you wanna be my buddy, buddy. And of course, you'll also get a shout out. I'd like to thank all of my current patrons, uh, including Kenny, Stephanie Wilkie, Linda Gonzalez, Mark Lane, Angela Dallaire, um, and Leanne Watson. Thank you. you, You are you really make my day every single time that I see that you're my patron. But it was awesome to talk to you again, and thanks for listening to Cryptic Chronicles. I'm your host, Tim Hacker, and as one of the greatest scientific minds who ever lived once said, as far as the laws of mathematics refer to reality, they are not certain. As far as they are certain, they do not refer to reality.